Today's episode of the Watson Weekly Podcast is sponsored by Commerce Tools. Make sure your brand and your business is ready for the trillion-dollar e-commerce market. Commerce Tools, the global leader in commerce and creator of the powerfully composable mock architecture, can help you achieve bite-sized wins or upsized achievements faster than ever. Whether you are looking to reduce maintenance costs for legacy systems or put the power of AI to work for you quickly, Commerce Tools is your partner for commerce success. Go to commercetools.com to learn how to get started. It's March 4th, 2024, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Shopify GMV closing in on Amazon. Macy's announces a bold new vision. Amazon aggregator Thrasio declares bankruptcy. Clavio reports 2023 Q4 earnings. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first in our shopping cart full of news, Shopify GMV closing in on Amazon. Next year, Shopify GMV will reach about 50% of Amazon's third-party GMV. What's next after that? Recent data from Marketplace Pulse has estimated Amazon's GMV to have hurt 2023 and pegged the number at $700 billion. That breaks down as $480 billion third-party and $220 billion first-party. Wondering what Shopify's number was? $236 billion. If you run through the growth trend lines out far enough, which is admittedly a dumb exercise, by 2036, Shopify will eclipse Amazon's third-party GMV. Which is interesting. That might seem like a long time, but it's not. To understand that trend line, you need to unpack the growth rates. Amazon's total GMV is growing at about 11% year-over-year, its third-party is growing at 13%, and its first-party only at 6%. Shopify, on the other hand, is growing at about 19% year-over-year, about double Amazon's rate. Given this, I wondered what it would take for Shopify to cross Amazon. The numbers look like this at current rates. By 2036, Shopify GMV will cross Amazon third-party GMV. By 2038, Shopify GMV will have eclipsed all Amazon GMV. Of course, by these dates, especially for Shopify, It might be gross payment volume we are concerned about and not GMV. Speaking of, what are some of the things that are likely to happen by then to make this transition happen faster? On the Amazon side, they very well could be seeing headwinds. It is possible that Xi'an and Timu start threatening Amazon more and more. After all, Chinese 3P sellers make up a huge chunk of Amazon. These companies are already targeting U.S.-based Amazon sellers starting now, and they're just getting started. It's not outside of the realm of possibility that there is a changing of the guard happening in a bear scenario. No wonder Amazon is trying to capture off Amazon GMV. Hello to the Buy With Prime team. On the Shopify side, they could be seeing tailwinds. These tailwinds include acquiring more companies and in their sweet spot, payments an area which Shopify has not yet dabbled in yet. By 2038, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that Shopify could have acquired not only Stripe, Affirm, but also others like Adyen too. In such a scenario, there are opportunities for Shopify to go upstream and downstream. 
Despite Shopify's logistics experience, and it was not a great experience, history does tell us that going downstream is often much easier than going upstream. In other words, used to be Amazon paid UPS to deliver its parcels. Not so much anymore. With regards to payments, Shopify currently pays Stripe and others to process its payments. That percent of owned payment processing is in fact the number to watch in the next 10 years with Shopify. Outright acquiring or taking ownership-level stakes in Stripe, Affirm, AdYen, and others are all on the table. And this is assuming Shopify doesn't go upstream and build its own marketplace. Although that is possible too, as advertising, ShopCash, and ShopApp, which might become material over that timescale. Comparing Shopify to PayPal is not really fair, because Shopify doesn't own an independent payment processor like Braintree. Yet. But pay attention because gross payment volume at Shopify is growing three times faster than PayPal's, even though Shopify's gross payment volume is actually one-tenth of PayPal's $1.5 trillion. One day, perhaps PayPal will wake up and realize Shopify is actually a threat. As Elon Musk said, PayPal probably had a better roadmap 20 years ago, and I kind of agree with him. Our second story. Macy's announces a bold new vision. So this is a funny one. Watson Weekly listeners know that I have covered the activist investors circling Macy's who have been talking about how Macy's is squandering the value of their real estate, most especially their Herald Square New York City real estate. Because, you know, they kind of are. Well, there has been a new development. Macy's has announced a bold new vision. And that vision includes shuttering down a whole bunch of stores. I'm kind of reminded of the phrase, Tell me you're responding to activist real estate investors without actually telling me you're responding to your activist real estate investors. Here is Macy's bold new vision. First, they're going to close 150 unproductive stores. How many stores does Macy have? Around 500. That means 30% of your stores were so unproductive that all it took was an activist investor press release to push you over the edge? That's some indictment. Moving on to bold point number two in their plan, invest in the remaining 350 stores. Well, that sounds like a good plan. Weren't you doing that anyway? But don't you have to also prove there's ROI on that investment? Which does Macy's tell us that in their plan? Narrator says, they do not. Other points include revitalizing their assortment, focusing on their luxury brands like Bloomingdale's and Blue Mercury, and modernizing their supply chain. I would tend to think that there's a lot of money in Macy's supply chain that could be found by modernizing, which will help them with their cost structure. All of which is great, I suppose. But if Macy's bold new vision doesn't include merchandise that people actually care about, then all this will do is improve the per-store profitability without fundamentally changing Macy's trajectory over the long term. Our third story. Thrasio declares bankruptcy. We had a little bit of a dueling headline stories this week in the news. You might call it a boxing match. In one corner, you had the title Thrasio declares bankruptcy. In another corner, you had Thrasio taking steps to strengthen its financial position. Well, both are true, but guess which one has more spin applied to it? (laughs) If you don't know who Thrasio is, they were founded by a pair of founders, Joshua Silberstein and Carlos Cashman, ostensibly to acquire and roll up Amazon businesses. How many Amazon businesses have these folks operated ever? 
like Mark Baum's moment at the banker conference in the movie The Big Short, zero is the answer. Zero. Given how complex it is to operate one Amazon-based business for more than a few minutes, you might think there would be a little humility applied to this business. And from the beginning, acquiring Amazon businesses was fraught with peril. You don't own the real estate. You don't own the customer. You don't own the data. You can't control the playing field. And besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how is the play? Unfortunately, the operators don't care about the odds. They just kept accepting more money. Did I mention that the company raised $3.4 billion? Just let that sink in. Now, as part of its bankruptcy, it's listing assets in the estimated range of $1 to $10 billion and debts of half a billion dollars. Now, assets worth $1 to $10 billion to who is the question? So what's the real value of this business? What's the number I mentioned earlier? Likely much closer to zero than most would like to admit. And our last story, Clavio reports 2023 earnings. Last week, Clavio reported their 2023 full-year earnings, and here are a few takeaways. First, Clavio continues its progress in the middle market. Some of the most impressive stats on the call are related to mid-market penetration. There is 80% growth in customers paying them over 50K a year. Overall, Clavio is up to 143,000 total customers. The mid-market penetration at the moment is mostly email, but they are also making progress on SMS. Second, Clavio has pressure on its gross margins. It was clear from the call that SMS gross margins are much less than email. SMS has penetrated 16% of the Clavio base at this point. Look out attentive. As SMS expands, it makes it harder for Clavio to grow profits dollar for dollar compared to email. In other words, They need reviews and CDP to work too. You almost have to believe it will all work. Third, Clavio's 2024 forecast declined relative to 2023. Clavio grew revenues 48% year-over-year in 2023 to $700 but it's forecasting a 28% growth rate in 2024. This mostly seems due to the fact that Clavio is not projecting another price increase. It also explains why they're adding, quote, sales capacity, which is kind of a euphemism for spending more on sales and marketing as a percentage of revenue than before, and that sales capacity will be slightly less efficient than SMB customers where the payback is sooner. Fourth in Clavio is worrying non-GAAP measures. While other people may not mind, since WeWork exploded, I get skeptical when companies start putting too much faith in non-GAAP measures. When I read Clavio Attributed Value, or KAV, being talked about to Wall Street, I can't help but hear Community Adjusted EBITDA, which was made famous from WeWork. Here's an example for you. Did you know that Clavio lost money last year? You actually wouldn't if you listened to their earnings call. $36 million just in Q4 and $330 million for the full year. In fact, they lost six times more than the previous year. Now, almost all of it, it's stock-based compensation, which they might tell you doesn't matter. And maybe it doesn't. Look, I'm not a financial wizard. But Warren Buffett would tell you to be skeptical. So uh, yeah, I trust him more. It's nothing personal. Another Shopify proxy entity does the same, Global E, and other non-Shopify proxy entities like Big Commerce too. The bills do come due. Pay me now or pay me later. Clavio's non-GAAP operating margin of 12% essentially means 
if we didn't have to pay all these pesky employees, we would be rich. Which, you know, still, I like Clavio, but at some point, you want to see the real profit dollars. Say la vie. To wrap up, let's talk about Clavio's future for the moment, shall we? Shopify didn't always care about the middle market. Even when Plus was introduced in 2014, it was still in the lower mid-market at best. In the past five years, Shopify has smashed through that, taking a share of Salesforce customers and a lot of their customers grew up with them. Though if you know anything about Shopify, they don't have a CRM and Salesforce is of course one. Salesforce's Clavio equivalent is the old exact target, which is pretty tired. In the next two to three years, Clavio will likely build a CRM for Shopify. And I think there are two reasons for this. One, Shopify owns 11% of Clavio. And two, Clavio's exposure to Shopify is 77% of their customers. Someone will need to actually build a service cloud, too, for Shopify at some point, but likely that task will go to Gorgeous, which is Shopify's help desk feature. Now a word from our sponsor, Commerce Tools. When a multi-billion dollar beauty brand's e-commerce platform near the end of its life, the entire business was at risk, including the ability to serve customers. By switching to Commerce Tools and embracing a more flexible mock architecture, the retailer's vision for connecting in-store and personalized shopping experiences became a reality. The brand can now roll out new features within days, securing its position as a modern brand that uses technology to its advantage. If you're being held hostage by your technology platform and your developers have thrown up their hands, tell them to start a free trial at commercetools.com today. Commerce Tools is thrilled to announce its first ever live event, Elevate, the Global Commerce Summit in Miami Beach, Florida, April 16th to 18th, 2024. This is a one-of-a-kind global meeting place for business leaders and technical professionals across brands, verticals, and regions. By day, you'll engage with a power-packed agenda, including stories from brands like PetSmart, Peloton, Ticketmaster, Ulta Beauty, and Zorro that have adopted a modern approach to commerce, thought leaders debating the future of the industry, and hands-on developer training tracks for both individuals and teams. By night, attend an opening party on the white sands of Miami Beach and an exclusive Havana Nights celebration. Tickets are on sale now at elevate.commercetools.com. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, Tech Taka raises $9.5 million in Series B funding. Tech Taka, a South Korean 3PL fulfillment service, has secured a $9.5 billion Series B funding round to further grow its South Korean business and expand into U.S. and Japanese markets as it's currently assisting Korean sellers on Amazon. Second, Network acquires complex media for $109 million. Livestream shopping platform Network has acquired complex from BuzzFeed for $108.6 million adding $5.7 million for office space and severance costs for complex staff who are being laid off. Can someone say content and commerce? Third, BuildStock secures $1.6 million in pre-seed funding. BuildStock, a B2B construction material marketplace, has secured $1.6 million in pre-seed funding to enhance its fintechs, AI, and logistics integrations and grow its user base. 
Marketplaces such as BuildStock accelerate efficiencies in fragmented sectors such as construction. And I love vertical marketplace ideas like this. Fourth, J.B. Hunt to buy Walmart's intermodal assets. J.B. Hunt Transport Services plans to acquire Walmart's intermodal container and chassis fleets, thereby increasing its revenue in the transportation sector. Walmart uses a services agreement rather than owning real assets to move its goods. And finally, Crisp raises $50 million in new funding. Crisp, a retail data sharing and analytics platform, has secured $50 million in new funding through a $20 million Series B extension round and up to a $30 million in debt financing for product development, market expansion, and acquisitions. And today's final word of the week for March 4th, 2024 is aggregator. Every week, I still find new investors trying to make aggregator model work. To be clear, the brand holding company idea is a great idea, but there needs to be synergies like real, actual synergies. And of course, the tale of the bankruptcy of Thrasio is more complex than this, but if there were any actual deal criteria used before these businesses were acquired, instead of just dumb money chasing opportunities, we wouldn't be in this situation. Still, there are apologists for aggregator models out there, and it takes a special operator to pull it off. That's all I'm saying. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Jose Baez. Production manager, Gabriela Montaqui. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.